he was a very vocal advocate for this kind of uh, developing this type of technology. And then at the end of 2002, they said they had a baby. But there were also a few other scientists that were also claiming that they were on the verge of basically bringing a clone baby to, to term. Um, one of them was uh, Severino Antinori. Mm-hmm. And then there was a Greek scientist whose name is escaping me right now. But these were kind of like the three people, the three different groups that were very publicly jockeying to get the first, you know, clone out there. Right. And this is also the in the years immediately preceding the birth of Dolly the sheep. Right. Right. Yeah. And Dolly, yeah. I think, yeah, I remember Dolly being kind of like amidst all of this. Uh, like, you know, if they could clone Dolly, they could clone a human. I definitely remember Dolly, like, on the yeah. front page of the newspaper when I was, like, yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. in middle school I remember or her in the front of, like, the Scholastic, like, newsletter or whatever because I was, like, you know, in elementary school, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was kind of a that – was, that was a big moment, even though the process by which they cloned Dolly, it's not like it was just some, like, Star Trek, like, perfect thing. I think they had to – they had to – implant like hundreds of embryos that failed before they could get dolly and i think even yeah, dolly she had died. like problems yeah but uh she had progressive lung problems. disease but it wasn't linked to her cloning necessarily i look see. at this sheep I, I mean you know how could does you? she have a sheep soul i don't know i don't know yeah but, uh, but apparently dolly robot mm. <laughs> yeah well um, dolly's clone sisters apparently did go on to have relatively healthy normal lives like they yeah. did it subsequently and other people have the, there have been cloned animals over the last 20 years that various scientists have uh have done i think i was reading that they monkeys. actually have created i did a google search for biological robots to like tr- i was trying to figure out like where the first idea of like biological robots like came up like where the idea of like clones that would like you know you could implant like blank clones you can implant your personality to like where you know uh, that sleeves had a kind of originated yeah sleeves if you will yeah and i w- learned in the process of doing that that like they had created this kind of like uh weird uh, let, let me see if i could describe it like uh yeah xenobots Biological robots that are globs of stem cells derived from the cells of African clawed frogs. Uh, Wasn't that involved in Dolly's thing, too? But anyway, at first, these bots had a single purpose, to move forward. Since then, the bots have developed their motor skills and gained new capabilities, including memory and the ability to interact with their surrounding environment. Now they can multiply, but how the xenobots beget new versions of themselves in the typical kind associated with biological life. The ability of genetically unmodified cells can be to be reconfigured into kinematic self-replicators of behavior previously unobserved in plants or animals, and the fact that this unique replicative strategy arises spontaneously rather than evolving by specific selection further exemplifies the developmental plasticity available in biological design. They are undifferentiated stem cells, which means they are cells without a purpose, but they self-replicate in some kind of unique way. To be biological robots? Yeah, they're xenobots. Yeah, hmm. and they're, like, kind of programmable biological material. Like, they pair them with a machine algorithm that guides certain features, like sphere size and shape, and they b- replicate themselves, like, as they go. This might not be the best, like, most succinct article from Inverse.com to, like, suggest them, but they're, like, living robots that can reproduce, basically, is what they're huh, describing. Interesting. About. And they're promising um, for regenerative medicine, apparently, according to harvard wiss institute well, that's what they that's what they say and <laughs> i mean so but okay so in, in the late 90s this cloning frenzy starts to really take off 
but there was a lot of press about it. So in December 2002, I think they had a big press conference where they announced that there were 50 women who had volunteered to be surrogates, and they brought five of them who I think had pseudonyms. Like two of the press comments were, of course, very beautiful, young, like, Raelian women. Right. And, of uh, only the best for the Elohim. You know. Only the best for the Elohim, exactly. And, you know, then eventually they went out in December 2002 and said they had done it. And a lot of people jumped out. You might not be surprised. I'm look, I'm, I tried to find some old, like, you know, contemporaneous articles. This is from CNN, uh, the day after, I think, the announcement. Vatican slams brutal clone claim. The claim that a clone child has been born in an undisclosed country displays a, quote, brutal mentality lacking ethical consideration, a Vatican spokesman said. Joaquin Navarro Valls, Joined a, uh, joined a rising chorus of condemnation on Saturday over the announcement by CloneAid, a company founded by followers of a religious sect that claims extraterrestrials created human life by genetic engineering. The announcement without any element of proof has already raised the skepticism and moral condemnation of the greater part of the international scientific community, Navarro Valls said. The announcement itself is an expression of a brutal mentality that lacks any kind of human and ethical consideration. You know, they fired back and said... They dismissed ethical concerns as, quote, an accumulation of religious prejudices and called the process a step towards immortality. Um, <laughs> the announcement of the birth of a seven-pound girl named Eve, allegedly the clone child of a 31-year-old woman, was met with doubt and concern since other clone mammals have had serious birth defects or developed health problems later. But in an interview with CNN, Rael dismissed the concerns. This is a beautiful day for humanity, the creation of life, he said. I don't understand ethical. The word, <laughs> I, just mean, I do not This is a beautiful day for humanity. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, creation yeah. of life. I yeah, don't more understand more. ethical. Yeah. The word ethic is just an accumulation of religious prejudices. He said huh. uh, he has no doubt that Eve will be perfectly healthy. Quote, everybody in the world now is crazy about what if the child has a problem. What if? I say, what if the child is perfectly healthy and beautiful? I think opponents to cloning are more afraid of that than the faults. Um, mm. Brigitte Boisselier, the, the CEO of the Raelian-founded company and a Raelian bishop, said Eve was created using DNA from the mother's skin cells, and it is a genetic twin of her mother. A group of independent scientists has been picked by freelance journalist and physicist Michael Guillen to check the group's claim. Results are expected in eight to nine days, he said. Well, that never happened. Uh, the best proof that we can have is probably the grandmother, who said she just he, she looked just like the mother, Boisselier announced Friday at a news conference <laughs> in Florida. Well, yeah. Okay, well, there's a you case closed. So um, this is a little about the process. Uh, to make a clone, scientists first take an egg and remove its genetic material. Then the nucleus of a cell, any cell in the body, is taken from the individual to be cloned and inserted into the hollowed-out egg. The cell is then given a jolt of electricity or put in a chemical bath to activate cell division, essentially tricking the cell into doing what a fertilized egg would normally do. Then the embryo is implanted into the uterus of a woman who carries the baby to term. Rael said cloning a baby is, quote, just the first step in a process that will eventually lead to human immortality by transferring consciousness into cloned bodies. Right. Quote, your personality, your memory, everything recalled in your brain. You can download it when you die in an adult cell, an adult clone of yourself, and then you can have eternal life through different bodies. Boisselier said four other clone babies are expected to be born by February. The next is expected next week. 
Friday's announcement prompted a wave of condemnation from scientists, including one who leads a rival cloning project, as well as religious organizations and the White House. Oh, this is a quote from an interesting individual. Uh, Without any scientific data, one has to be very, very skeptical, said Dr. Robert Lanza, the head of medical and scientific development for the private genetic research firm Advanced Cell Technologies. This is a group, again, that has no scientific track record, never published a single scientific paper in this area, Lanza said. They have no research experience in this area. In fact, they've never even cloned a mouse or a rabbit. Um, Earlier attempts at cloning animals such as mice, pigs, and sheep have led to a high rate of stillbirths or premature deaths at Art Kaplan, a bioethicist at, uh, at Penn. Kaplan said he worries, quote, we're going to create a lot of dead and sick children. In January, the U.S. National Academy of Sciences recommended a ban on human cloning in America, but only four states, California, Michigan, Louisiana, and Rhode Island, ban any type of cloning research. U.S. White House spokeswoman Claire Bouchan uh, said President George W. Bush, quote, (laughs) believes like most Americans that human cloning is deeply concerning and he strongly supports legislation banning human cloning. The U.S.-based Christian coalition has condemned the announcement, calling Eve, quote, an aberration and urging a human cloning ban. Panos Zavos, a former professor at the University of Kentucky, also has announced plans to clone a human, but has yet to successfully create an embryo. And Italian embryologist Dr. Severino Antinori has said several times in recent months that a woman was carrying a human clone due to be born in January. Zavos has also discounted Clonate's claim, calling the announcement, quote, nothing but words. Wow. So yeah. quite a splash. And yeah, that was the guy. Panos Zavos is the third guy who is competing to create a cloned baby. And the other guy, uh, the Italian, he actually ended up getting, I don't think he ever produced a, a child either, but he ended up getting arrested and I think put in prison in 2016, let me see right here, accused of kidnapping a woman and stealing her ovules. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. That is uh, something. Yeah, I actually thought uh, that Palmer's description of this was, like, somewhat interesting, like of uh, Brigitte Boussoulet's, uh conference, or, you know... Who has whole... two PhDs, by the way. Yeah, right. Not in uh, biology, but in, like, chemical... Uh, chemistry, I think. And yeah. Yeah, I think chemistry. Yeah, it was sad. Uh, I was reading about, like, one Raelian who is a uh, former Muslim, and he was like, you know, I could remain deeper religious, but still, like, care about science, and it's like... Like, whatever. But anyway, like, <laughs> there's no Muslim scientists. Like, it, like, and this is, like, ridiculous. Like, whatever. Anyway, sorry. I'm being uh, uh, a, uh, I'm not being academic. I'm not being objective. Um, okay. You're being so I'm having confessional bias, religious bigot. I'm, I'm having ethics, uh, you know, that, <laughs> co- that conglomeration of religious prejudices. Anyway, so on the day after Christmas, Boxing Day 2002, uh, at the Holiday Inn in Hollywood, Florida, Boisselier held a press conference to announce that the clone aid has succeeded in producing the world's first human clone. She is born. She is fine. We call her Eve, she said, reassuring the journalist that the baby was healthy. When interrupted, she objected, let me speak. This is my day. (laughs) Her ecstatic deportment was hardly that of a sober scientist. Wow, uh, Palmer, like, you know, making a little bit of a jab there. One journalist noted, perhaps mistaking the venue for the other Hollywood, she launched into an Oscar-style acceptance speech. Nor was she dressed like a scientist. The media mercilessly scrutinized her quote-unquote flaky appearance, her heavily applied lip liner, and long-bleached white silver-copper hair. Some journalists waxed quite hostile and ignored the fact that Boisselier happens to be an attractive woman with Parisian chic. 
Uh, one journalist went so far as to really describe her triumphant smile as showing her browning teeth and meaty gums. <laughs> the Montreal Gazette yeah. featured an unflattering photo taken from below and placed it beside on the page beside a picture of clo- a picture of cloned pigs. This is no accident, believe me. A friend who teaches photojournalism at the college level assured me. Boisselier introduced Dr. Michael Goulian, a former ABC science editor, so maybe he's not French, who promised to oversee the testing by a top-level international team of independent scientists. But over the next few days, the testing was postponed repeatedly and no scientific evidence was forthcoming. The world's response to Boisselier's Boxing Day statement was ambivalent. The media cooperated enthusiastically with Boisselier's bid for fame and Rael's mission to preach the message, but reacted to their announcement with skepticism and horror. The Raelian religion became a target of ridicule. The reaction of reputable scientists and bioethicists to the notion of a cult meddling in a scientific enterprise that would have a profound impact on the human condition was one of disgust at outrage. Boisselier next appeared on BBC's Breakfast with Frost. Uh, sorry, she put quote, cult in quotation marks, I should say. So, you know. Boisselier next appeared on BBC's TV with uh, Breakfast with Frost on January 4, 2003. She explained that although she wanted DNA testing, she would not rush the parents, even if she had contract with them. She explained, claimed that three more clone babies would be born by late January and, or early February, the five out of ten implantations that had survived. She labeled the public outrage the yuck effect. When a new technology arrives that we have discussed, then fear, then doubts, then you slowly accept. Probably in five years from now, people will say, well, this is okay. Rael and his bishop, right? Well, it's five years from now. (laughs) Do we think it's okay? Uh, I don't know. Rael and his bishop seem to be having the time of their lives as they rode the crest of the global media blitz. As journalist uh, Tutan Ha put it, for at least three weeks. And perhaps some journalists' hostility derived from their suspicion that they had, quote-unquote, been had. Then Goulian stepped forward and made a rueful public statement. It's entirely possible Clonade's announcement is part of an elaborate hoax intended to bring publicity to the Rialian movement. The notion that Rael and Beausselier were milking the media as calculating performers was supported by one offstage moment on January 28th. Simon Boivin of Le Soleil reported that Rael whispered to Boisselier off-camera during Pierre uh, Maisonneuve's talk show, It is going well. Too bad the last phase didn't get in. We have to make the folks cry. We have to make women mothers reach for their handkerchiefs. All right. But it is interesting to note that when Dr. Antinori's clones failed to materialize, first in October 2002, then in January 2003, the doctor's Roman Catholicism was never an issue. Nor was uh, Dr. Uh, Panagiotis Zavos' religion, presumably Greek Orthodox, ever targeted. It's a little bit different, well, yeah, though. Yeah, that's a little different. Because, on a few yeah, levels. thank you. It's a little bit different yeah, because they're not levels. like, I'm cloning this child to be the second coming of Christ. Like, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with their religion. Yeah, first like, of all, like, those religions are not, uh, they don't have as a central plank of their belief system a belief that we should clone. And on top of that, both their religions are actually highly hostile to cloning. So they were doing it despite their religion. Yeah. So, like, it's just not, it's like exactly. apples and oranges. You know, yeah, like, I it's know like the poor, poor Raelians, but, like, it's not yeah. framed. I mean, I know that, like, religion does, like, you know, suffuse everything. So, in a way, like, you know, there might be some connection, but yeah. I think it's quite obvious that it's like a, not a uh, clear, you know, not really analogous because, yeah, this is part of like their religious mission that they're doing this like explicitly, uh, which is a difference, you know, and it's self-consciously mm-hmm. part of like fulfilling 
their you know ray alien prophecies like it's totally like a you know and like it's like they were doing it like also like they weren't doing it like secretly like in some kind of you know probably like whatever well i guess that one guy did try to steal someone's embryos so yeah never mind that but, yeah, yeah uh you know they i feel like there was a much more shy the operation than one that had you know that wasn't really the 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 primary issue wasn't necessarily like you know but anyway then an unexpected yeah. attack from a new quarter bent the storyline. A Florida lawyer, Bernard Siegel, filed a petition seeking a guardian for Eve, asking that her unknown parents be summoned before a Florida court in Broward County for a hearing January 22nd. He said he wished to protect the interests of the child, uh, though no one had seen her. Conade's vice president, Thomas Kanzig, a Swiss Raelian, was summoned to this hearing to reveal the whereabouts of the baby. He testified by telephone from his Las Vegas home that the company was not incorporated anywhere and had no board of directors that Boiselier kept him largely ignorant about its operations. He said he didn't know the location of Eve. He refused to answer most of the questions and was threatened with contempt of court by Judge John uh, Frusciante, who then ordered him to appear <laughs> in weird. court. Yeah, who appeared in court Wednesday, January 29th. Kanzig said that he and uh, he had Boiselier's word the child is being taken care of. Frusciante, a family court judge, replied, parents of starved and abused children tell me that every day. Rael went on to record, uh, went on record claiming ignorance. He told Denise Brown of the Washington Post, I don't know where and I don't know with what person uh, the baby is. I don't know the family. I don't know where is the laboratory. I don't know the scientists. I know absolutely nothing. I just learned like everybody else when she announced the birth of the child. It would appear then that only Boiselier knows the truth. This leaves us with four possible scenarios. BB is telling the truth. Baby Eve et al. really exist, are healthy, and are kept undercover by their parents for sensible legal and humanitarian reasons. BB, uh, that's number one. Uh, mm -hmm. Two, BB is the author of a hoax, a quote-unquote scientific joke, as Rael put it, perpetrated to spread the message to please Rael and to facilitate her own rise within the Raelian hierarchy. Three, BB told the truth initially, but then backed off. Appalled by the public's overwhelmingly negative reaction, she decided not to follow up on the interest and allowed her scientific breakthrough to be dismissed as a hoax. Another possible reason we much consider is that Eve, during her first two days, appeared to be a healthy baby, but within the next two days developed complications caused by genetic mutation. Thus, Boiselier may have decided it would be unwise to allow the team of scientists to access her. A sick, deformed, or dying baby is no longer a triumph, but a tragedy, and one with unpleasant legal consequences. For BB was sincere, but conned. Given the covert, extra-legal status of Clonade's enterprise, an unscrupulous scientist seized his or her opportunity. Boiselier trusted this person and was in regular communication by email, but could not personally oversee the nine-month lab experiment since she was under surveillance by the FDA and possibly the FBI. She oversaw the implanting of the blastocyst and relied on the scientists for news of its progress. Thus, when she was told of a successful birth, she held the Boxing Day conference, only to be left holding the bag. Personally, I find the fourth hunch ties up more loose ends although I have no hard evidence to support it. Hmm. Uh, all right. She thinks that they were, like, they really thought there was a baby and some other unscrupulous scientist, like, conned them. That could be, I guess. I don't know yeah, why that's that more convincing than that they would lie. She actually goes on to, to write, Baby said to be cloned will vanish, Rayelian announces, read a January 23rd, 2003 headline in the Toronto Globe and Mail. Boiselier had a press conference in Toronto to declare the American parents of the still untested baby Eve planned to vanish forever, and I will not have contact with them anymore. The reporter, Graham Smith, conveys his skepticism. The president of the firm doesn't formally exist, still can't prove her human cloning company has cloned any humans. He notes snidely. Miss Boiselier chose one of the city's most expensive conference rooms to declare that her costs have been rising. 
If one were to pursue the hoax hypothesis, it's interesting to recall a hoax-like precedent in Rialian history. The tale of the Teasdale inheritance bears many of the lineaments of the Baby Eve story. See Chapter 2. In both cases, there is a competition for the inheritance or for the world's first clone that Rael wins. The prize in each case is a specimen of superior alien technology, an alien artifact, and a cloned human. Both conveniently vanish. An apparently old and reputable law firm turns out to be bogus in the Teasdale case, just as CloneAid, described for six years as a private company, turns out to have no legal standing. Although the first hoaxer was never exposed, if one were to ask who would gain from the Teasdale charade, the answer would have to be Rael. To win the prize of alien artifacts would support his charismatic claim to be Elohim's chosen prophet. In Weberian terms, this might be interpreted as an example of charismatic display. The only two suspects are Jacques Vallée, or a ring of hoaxers who gain nothing from the exercise. Jerome Clark argues that, while Vallée started out as a serious scientific investigator of the UFO phenomenon, by his fourth book, UFOs have become just one of many guises of a chameleon-like invisible order formed to shape and direct human consciousness. In Messengers of Deception, Valet fits sex and cults into his conspiracy theory. Uh-oh. Conspiracy Uh-oh, theory. Alert. Not UFO- serious alert. Yeah, that's not serious. And not he, serious. unlike Ryle, he's a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> UFOs are real. They may be, in fact, terrestrial-based manipulating devices. Their methods are those of deception, systematic manipulation of witnesses and contactees, covert use of various <laughs> sex and cults. First of all, like, that is not a conspiracy. That's, like, a documented thing, like, whether it yeah. implicates, like, you know. Valet points to several NRMs, New Religious Movements, especially Heaven's Gate, and this was before their mass suicide, as dangerous organizations that use traditional religious themes and adverse social conditions to dupe global people. So that seems like that would be, you like, mean, to the same heaven, uh, like, yeah, uh, like but, the same Heaven's Gate whose landlord uh, also was the landlord, like, personally knew, like, two of the 9-11 hijackers. <laughs> Remember yeah. that whole thing? Like, there's a 9-11 connection to Heaven's Gate. Yeah, um, yeah. Nothing yeah. to see here, folks. It is not unreasonable to imagine that Valet may have concocted the whole story to support his conspiracy theory regarding UFOs and to discredit Rael. Okay. Why yeah, is I don't, he... Okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't think that, like, you know, uh, people need to make stuff up to discredit Rael. <laughs> you know, right? like... You know, <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like he's exactly. already kind of... Yeah, he's not, like someone who needs to be discredited like people oh generally God. don't credit him that much yeah, yeah someone yeah. went a little bit native uh someone did watch go out what you're doing at the graphic work with the royalians um, yep definitely um yeah also just because you know this is sj i have to say i did look when i saw that the judge in this case like this custody case for baby Eve uh, was John Frusciante. I looked it up. It is the father of Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist, John Frusciante. <laughs> wow. He was literally a judge in Broward County. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Didn't he get there? I read an interview recently where John Frusciante, like, like, it, I don't know, in the early 2010s, I think he got like really wrapped up in the occult and he just said some cryptic things about how mm. it got really, really dark and he had to like claw his way out of it or something. Well, mm. maybe that's why John Frasciante mm. was so upset. You know, he was like, I can't start until I can For access to the full length episode, subscribe to the Owl of Frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad.